MSW Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, May 27th, 2021. Today, a mass shooting in San Jose kills eight as police are still processing the scene. New troubles. Crazy Times Carnival audit in Maricopa County. A Republican Pennsylvania state senator is caught lying about breaching police lines during the insurrection. Michigan's top election official warns counties about the risks of vote audits from outside groups. The MyPillow guy was 86th from a Republican governor's event. And President Biden orders an intelligence agency review of the origins of COVID. I'm your host, Allison Gill. Hey, everybody. Happy Thursday. Dana will be joining me later in the show for the good news. And later, I'll be talking to Harry Littman, his former deputy assistant attorney general, former U.S. attorney, host of the Talking Feds podcast about the special grand jury in Manhattan. I still have some unanswered questions that he will answer for me. Tomorrow is the MSW Media Network launch Zoom happy hour party extravaganza bonanza with special guests. That's for patrons only. It starts at 4 p.m. Pacific time. If you want to become a patron or sign up to get a free patron subscription as donated by one of our awesome people in our community, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash Mueller, she wrote, or you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and scroll down to the bottom of the page and there's a place there where you can sign up for that. We have a lot to get to today, as you heard at the top of the show there. So let's do it. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. And the top story today is yet another mass shooting. It's like 16 in the last week since Friday. This time it's San Jose at the VTA light rail yard perpetrated by a VTA employee during a shift change. Deputy Russell Davis, a spokesman for the Santa Clara County Sheriff's Office, said the investigation was centered on 101 West Younger Avenue. That's the site of a maintenance and dispatch center for the Santa Clara Valley Transportation Authority. Deputy Davis said the police started receiving 911 calls at about 6.34 a.m. local time. He said that deputies arrived at the hub and found multiple victims that were shot at the scene. He later told reporters that eight people were killed. VTA employees were among the victims. The gunman is also dead, Deputy Davis said, describing him only as a male VTA employee. We now have the name. I'm not going to say it. And we also know that his ex-girlfriend complained of him being an alcoholic and violent. Deputy Davis declined to provide details about the cause of death, although we now know it was a self-inflicted gunshot wound. And he did not say yet that he knows what kind of weapon was used or a possible motive. Deputy Davis added that bomb squad teams were working to make sure the area was safe. Quote, it appears the suspect's house is on fire, but that there was nobody inside. That's Mr. Licardo. And it said, quote, there's a strange connection here between the arson and the shooting. Glenn Hendricks, the chairman of the VTA Board of Directors, told reporters on Wednesday that the shooting took place in the yard of the facility, not the operations control center. He described the site as a maintenance yard where VTA vehicles are maintained and dispatched from. He added that VTA would be suspending light rail service on Wednesday. It's just a horrible tragedy that's occurred. He said, I have no information about the investigation yet or what happened. So that is ongoing, and we will give you more details as it unfolds. Now, I would like to shift gears and talk about the Crazy Times Carnival audit in Maricopa County, Arizona. The cyber ninjas are back at it now. The graduations are done at the Veterans Memorial Coliseum, which I've been to multiple times for many Phoenix Suns games and graduations of my own. 
But uh, as we've talked about, they've had to scrap Dominion voting machines that are now ruined. And, the, and of course, we talked about the inside look by an observer appointed by Katie Hobbs, Secretary of State, Democratic elected Secretary of State. But there is new news about the fraud. It. The Pennsylvania-based IT company that was in charge of running the hand recount in Maricopa County, Arizona ballots is no longer involved in the audit. The contract with Wake TSI ended May 14th, the original completion date for the hand count, and the company chose not to renew its contract. That's according to Randy Pullen. That's an audit spokesperson and former state GOP chair. Quote, they were done, he said. They didn't want to come back. Gosh, I can't imagine they wouldn't want to, you know, <laughs> not limit their legal liability and put themselves in legal jeopardy. Wake TSI was a subcontractor that developed and oversaw the procedures for recounting the nearly 2.1 million ballots under Cyber Ninjas. And uh, the audit was on break May 14th until Monday as graduations took place, as I said. Poland said that Scott, the Scottsdale-based technology company Stratech took over Monday running the hand count using Wake's procedures. The company has been involved in the audit since the beginning, Poland said, including helping set up the technology for the hand count procedures. It's unclear whether the company, which specializes in cybersecurity and internet technology, has any election or auditing experience. I'm going to guess they don't. And Stephen Richer, uh, that's the Republican recorder in charge of administering Maricopa County elections, has started speaking out against the process. And he said Monday on ABC News Live's The Breakdown that there was no legitimate reason that would have prompted the audit. Richer told Moran he takes issue with the fact that Cyber Ninjas, which is that Florida-based cybersecurity company no one ever heard of with no experience in auditing, was the firm the Senate chose after it used its subpoena power to compel election machines and ballots. Quote, and the frustrating bit is that some professional legitimate companies did make bids to the Arizona Senate to do this work, and we would have welcomed that, he said. Richer, who was elected in November, began voicing concerns about the audit after officials falsely claimed on Twitter that Maricopa County deleted voter files before surrendering ballots and voting machines to the Senate. The lie that the county deleted those files then spread across the Internet, even drawing the attention from the former guy who lost Arizona by over 10,000 votes back in November. This fraud, which election experts say is not legitimate, is now fueling calls for new audits in other states like last week. A Georgia judge agreed to unseal absentee ballots in Fulton County, despite the fact those ballots were already recounted a three times. And Michigan's top election official and the company whose voting equipment had been the subject of baseless claims of fraud, that's Dominion, are cautioning local governments in the state that outside audits of the 2020 election results like the one underway in Maricopa County would be illegal and would void the machine's security warranties. The warnings come amid a growing campaign by former President Donald Trump and his supporters to pressure county governments to launch audits reviewing ballots cast in the last election, which they claim without evidence was tainted by large-scale fraud in Venezuela and Fidel Castro. Anyway, the Arizona recount, which has been denounced by election experts, as we said, is being touted as an inspiration by small cohorts of angry residents across the country. State leaders, Dominion officials, and local residents are now trying to block such examinations sought by activists in several Michigan counties. And in other news, President Joe Biden announced Wednesday that he has ordered a closer intelligence review of what he said were two equally plausible scenarios for the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic. Biden revealed that earlier this year, he tasked the intelligence community with preparing a report on the most up-to-date analysis of the origins of COVID-19, including whether it emerged from a human contact with an infected animal or from a laboratory incident. As of today, quote, the U.S. intelligence community has coalesced around two likely scenarios but has not reached a definitive conclusion on the question. Biden said in a statement, quote, here is their current position. 
while two elements in the IC leans toward the human contact scenario and one leans more toward the lab leak scenario, each with low or moderate confidence, the majority of elements do not believe there is sufficient information to assess one to be more likely than the other. All right. So that's very interesting because we had all come out, you know, after uh, the Pompeo and everybody, you know, were was talking about this being made in a lab. And we know scientifically it wasn't made in a lab because of looking at the structure of it. Uh, at least that's according to, to scientists. But if it escaped from a lab, I think is what they're looking at. And we'll know more later. And a Republican state senator who was at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th appears in videos and images that contradict his bullshit claims that he never breached police lines and left the area before violence broke out. This is Pennsylvania State Senator Doug Mastriano, whose campaign spent thousands on buses to ferry supporters to D.C. for the rally that led to the attack, said after the riot that he did not enter the Capitol, walk on its steps or go beyond police lines, and that he left the area with his wife when it was apparent that it was no longer a peaceful protest. He released a statement at the time condemning the violence and calling for those who broke the law to be prosecuted. But in videos analyzed by members of the online sedition hunters community and posted on social media over the weekend, Mastriano and his wife appeared to be in a crowd as it breached a police line. Mastriano was wearing one of his campaign hats and a dark green scarf by that day wearing one of his own hats. Don't be that guy. Mastriano said the citizen investigators who targeted him were angry partisans who were so blinded by hatred for all things Donald Trump, that they are distorting the facts to manipulate public opinion, even though I am seen on video with a green scarf wearing my own fucking hat, breaching a police line. I added that last bit. Identifications made by these online communities have led to a number of FBI investigations and arrests. So that's going on. And the mother of U.S. Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick, as we know, died after he engaged with rioters during January 6th, is requesting meetings with Republican leaders to convince them to back the commission to investigate the day's events. Senate GOP leaders are expected to block filibuster. I, I, that is the word that they should use. A bipartisan measure to form the commission. Gladys Sicknick first told Politico on Thursday she's seeking sit-downs with Republican senators in the hopes of pushing them to move forward with the commission. And finally, a little schadenfreude. Schadenfreude! Ah, this is a butte from Daniel Lippmann at Politico. Thank you for brightening my day, Daniel. The Republican Governors Association on Tuesday threw out Mike Lindell, the MyPillow guy. And, you know, after he showed up to their spring conference in Tennessee, Lindell said he had flown to Nashville on Monday to attend the three day meeting starting on Tuesday. But then only a few minutes after he collected his credential at the JW Marriott Hotel, an event coordinator in the lobby told him he's not allowed at any of the official RGA events. <laughs> an RGA official who spoke on the condition of anonymity said on Tuesday night Lindell tried to join transportation for a members only dinner at the Tennessee governor's mansion and was denied. <laughs> so there's a bunch of people getting into a van in a hotel and he's trying to sneak onto this fucking van and they're like, get the fuck out of here, my pillow guy. And the person added, quote, these events are for RGA members and Mike Lindell is not currently an RGA member. Since he's the my pillow guy, it pleases me to remind him that he's made his bed and now he must lie in it. I'll be right back with former federal prosecutor, former deputy associate attorney general Harry Littman to discuss the special grand jury in the Trump case right after this. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG. Today's episode of The Beans is brought to you by Titan. If you've ever tried investing, you know that Wall Street ignores everybody, basically, unless you're super rich or have a hedge fund manager. They only cater to the ultra wealthy. 
Now, for far too long, the average investor has been neglected, and we get the same old generic advice like, buy index funds. Meanwhile, the ultra-wealthy, they get access to premium investment strategies and white-glove service. The divide didn't sit well with the creators of Titan, who've introduced a world-class investment manager for the rest of us. Thanks to Titan, now everyday investors can have their capital invested like a premier investment firm, all through the Titan mobile app. Titan's goal is to give you access to the best investment experience in the world, but without the high minimums, lockups, or performance fees. Their in-house investment team invests your capital using the award-winning strategies they've developed over the years and delivers daily research updates via the Titan app. Titan aims to grow your capital over the long term by identifying rare species of stocks known as compounders and holding onto them tight. With Titan, excuse me, I'm going to say tightly right there. I missed the adverb. Now with Titan, it's like having an elite investment manager in your pocket. And Titan manages hundreds of millions of dollars for 25,000 clients and counting. And of course, they were named 2020 Top Investment App of the Year by U.S. News. So to get started, just download the Titan app. Start investing with Titan today. You'll get three months with no fees, zero fees. Visit titanvest.com slash dailybeans. That's three months with zero fees at titanvest, T-I-T-A-N-V-E-S-T dot com slash dailybeans. You will be glad you did. Everybody, welcome back. I am honored today to be joined by my friend locally here in San Diego. He's the former deputy assistant attorney general, former U.S. attorney and host of the Talking Feds pod. Incredible podcast. You need to check it out if you haven't. Harry Littman, welcome. Thank you very much. So I've been seeing you. All I, I hesitated. Are you a do I can? Is it still a G? Is it still cryptic? Now you're because you're everywhere now. You're you're you have a network. Is it are you still are you still going by initials only? <laughs> it's funny. My PR firm wants me to start going by Allison Gill. So uh, you well, can that's call a good me clue. Allison, no. Allison Gill. <laughs> that's what it's been all this time. OK, Ms. Gill, I'm. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm, and I'm glad to because I've seen you all week making appearances. I saw you appear with Frank today, Frank Figaluzzi, and I had some, I was like, you know what? I need to call my friend because I have some questions that still quite haven't been answered about what's going on with this new impaneled special grand jury in New York, impaneled by Cy Vance Jr., who is the Manhattan District Attorney, who has now teamed up with the New York Attorney General's office, Letitia James, and her civil investigation has taken on a criminal element, and she's been investigating Weisselberg criminally for months now. So a couple of questions for you. This is a special grand jury. What is the difference between a regular grand jury and a special grand jury. Right. You know, they use the term, I wonder if it's even the official one, but what it means, there's still 23 of them. They still can do subpoenas, et cetera, but they are meeting for three days a week, sort of indefinitely for many months. And, and that is the specialness. And they're the kind of grand jury you would convene in order to present over the course of many months, the kind of rolling narrative of a complex paper-driven case just like this one. So they are, uh, it, it's you know, it's true people were confused. Of course, there's been a grand jury in the vicinity all these couple of years because you can't do subpoenas without them. But this signals the commencement in earnest of a presentation phase from mm. investigation to presentation. So they are really now about the business of putting in the evidence that will culminate in a request to return uh, charges and also about the business of putting in witnesses to lock them into the accounts that they will want to use at trial should there be a trial. Mm. I suppose to convene it for a long period of time is to maybe preserve continuity. 
so that you don't have different groups of people having to relearn all of the issues if it's a long, ongoing, complicated case? Because we know they've, you know, uh, Manhattan District Attorney Vance has brought in a very well-known and well-respected forensic accounting team, presumably to go through this Mazar's treasure trove of documents that he received. And I think he also has a bunch of stuff from Deutsche Bank. My guess is is that you want to make sure the same people are are looking yeah. at this over over time. You actually have to. So it's an, another. New York is full of all these picayune and kind of onerous requirements, but one of them is that only jurors who heard the critical evidence can even vote on a particular count. Even with these twenty three, when it comes time to ask for a true bill. You know, if number four wasn't around when they presented important evidence for count three, number four doesn't participate. So it's both it's not just prudent and pragmatic. It's required. Yes. So you will want the same jury to be hearing all the evidence all the way through coming to understand the case. And another quirk of New York grand jury practice, you don't put in evidence by and large by hearsay. So in the federal system, you would put in an agent to summarize the tax records and say everything, et cetera. This basically has to be witness by witness. And another quirk of New York law is anybody who goes in gets gets transactional immunity. So you won't put in anybody you're thinking of charging. So it is this very methodical process. And yes, you want a unitary grand jury to hear the story and be able to respond uh, at the end to the request that here we really can assume AG is um, almost preordained. That is, they're they're. convening of this grand jury signifies that they believe that they that they have not just probable cause, but beyond a reasonable doubt level evidence to uh, present and ask for a true bill. Something could go terribly awry, but I think it's it's certainly the plan. And so if the focus is, as I believe it is, though, it's that's kind of surmise Alan Weisselberg, the plan will be at the end of the day, if he doesn't cooperate to bring the charges they they have in mind presenting evidence sufficient to bring charges more than that sufficient to bring charges and then to convict beyond a reasonable doubt at trial because it would be a debacle to just you know get by and push a grand jury to indict and then uh, lose a trial and does the state law here does the state of new york have that same sort of federal criminal rule where you not only have to get the conviction but it has to be able to hold on appeal well i mean sure it's not a special rule and maybe i'm not understanding the question but if you if they if they make a blunder and it's and it's thrown out on appeal that that's a free person that's that's what you call a citizen right <laughs> right i just remember uh, reading through the Mueller report and and them saying yeah. by federal criminal code or the the handbook you know oh i oh i see what you mean yes prosecutors have that's right let's say they believe that's a very good but kind of complex question they believe yeah we could get them and but you know that we'd be making reversible error you can't bring that charge that is you must believe as an ethical matter to bring the charge but here we're reliably informed that vance's practices even to convene the grand jury Mm. you must believe that you have evidence sufficient to convict beyond a reasonable doubt and yes that would certainly mean and not then get reversed on appeal because, you know, you blew it, but the district court or the trial court here didn't realize. I gotcha. I have a couple more questions for you, particularly about Weisselberg. You brought him up, but I have to take a quick break. Will you stay with me? Sure. Oh, yeah. Great. Everybody, we'll be right back. 
Hey everybody, it's Allison for The Daily Beans. I am a procrastinator, especially when it comes to going to the doctor, and that's bad. I need to fix that, and I have now seen the light with Plush Care. So if you've been putting off seeing a doctor too, or if making an appointment feels like a chore, Plush Care is here for you. They make it super easy to schedule an appointment to see a doctor. That way I can prioritize my health hassle-free. It doesn't add to my anxiety. Imagine that. Plush Care provides virtual doctor appointments through your smartphone or computer. You just pick a time that works, and you book the appointment right online. It's super simple. I don't have to sit on hold forever or sit in a crowded waiting room or go to urgent care. With Plush Care, I can be diagnosed, treated, and have prescriptions sent to my pharmacy of choice if needed, all within minutes. Plush Care accepts most major insurance carriers, and it's available in all 50 states. And the doctors care. They're here to help by discussing treatment options and providing prescriptions as needed. And they're available anytime I have questions. And if you're having difficulty managing your emotions, you have stress or anxiety, that's very common these days. Plush Care doctors are available to help. So schedule an appointment today to discuss your treatment option. I found using Plush Care to be very pleasant. It was easy to schedule an appointment, very convenient for me, right from my home. And I felt immediately comfortable with my provider. To me, the most important thing is our health. So it's wonderful how simple Plush Care made it to put my health first. Plush Care makes it easier than ever to take care of yourself inside and out. You can start your membership today by going to plushcare.com slash dailybeans and you'll start a free 30-day trial. That's plushcare, P-L-U-S-H-C-A-R-E.com slash dailybeans for a free 30-day trial, plushcare.com slash daily beans. Everybody, welcome back. We're talking to host of the Talking Feds podcast, Harry Littman. He's got a whole litany of other things he's done in his life, but you heard that at the top of the introduction. And I'm your friend from San Diego. That's the biggie. <laughs> You're my La Jolla buddy. Yeah. And I wanted to oh, ask you. Oh, you had to say that, didn't you? Okay. <laughs> San Diego area. <laughs> it's a beautiful place. It is, actually. Regarding Weisselberg, yeah. because you had mentioned one of the peccadilloes of a of a state grand jury is that can't be hearsay, and so you can't bring in somebody that you're planning on charging. So if Weisselberg gets interviewed by this grand jury, uh, well, let me put it this way. Yeah. How will we know if and when Weisselberg is cooperating? Right. By the way, the quirks I'm talking about are New York specific. It's not state versus federal. It's a great question because, you know, the Washington Post breaking the story there, this uh, grand jury had, was, had already been there, but you, you see reporters kind of sneaking around and seeing, who, you know, who's there at the breaks. Weisselberg. So they won't, well, Two, two, two ways Weisselberg might testify. One is he's agreed to cooperate. And then, first and foremost, they want to lock him in. And that'll be days of testimony. And, you know, things do have a way of leaking. And I don't want to cast dispersions, but in, in this one in particular, I mean, how did we know that it had come to be a criminal investigation? Like, you know, the AG made that public. That really that we had that was not something the public needed to know. So I do think there's a, you know, a, a public a, uh, aspect to how some of the case is proceeding. But w- the reason we would know is if Weiselberg were there and, for a long time and maybe his lawyer would then know that would be the main way. There's another really interesting avenue that I don't think will happen, but that could wind up with his being in the grand jury. He could ask to be put in the grand jury. This is a federal case, but remember, Carl Rove did this a while back, thinking they've got it in for me. I want to look the 23 in the eye and persuade them I'm innocent. And he could make that request, and the DA 
customarily would grant it if he waives his immunity. That is, he can't. Ah. And so he could actually go in and try to talk him out of it. There's 18 reasons why that would be precarious and unlikely here in particular. So I think, yes, if there's a car pulling up in the back and you see a furtive figure balding and, you know, and that day in, day out, that'll be the big uh, clue. But in theory, it should stay uh, secret. But, you know, these things have a way of getting out when there's a phalanx of uh, press around. Yeah, they do. You know, that's how we learned about all, you know, who's being uh, testifying to the grand jury and in, in the Mueller investigations. That's right. Now, what's really interesting is, you know, you said the 18 reasons that would be precarious for, you know, yeah. for him to go in and waive his immunity, uh, which he, by the way, did have limited immunity. Oh, yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, in a non-prosecution agreement in the Southern District of New York. That's with the feds, but it hasn't been. They've, they've punctiliously not shared that with. The DEA, they haven't given them any information or anything, but that's a really important point. Yeah. Could they? Sure. Sure. I mean, they could if they if they had brought them him them into the tent, but then almost certainly the immunity would extend. And so, you know, neither Mm. side wants that. Right. But uh, the reason I'm I'm wondering about the precariousness is because I've heard I've read in public reporting, not just through the grapevine, that former U.S. attorney Pomerantz, who was picked up by Vance for several reasons. My guess, too, maybe is to perhaps bridge this case after Cy Vance leaves office. This is his final term. He said he's going to make a charging decision prior to leaving office. But it seems as though the reporting says Pomerantz has been the one mostly doing the questioning in the grand jury, doing the interviewing. And so I'm wondering if that will continue with this special grand jury, if Pomerantz is going to be try- like doing a lot of this uh, work yeah. for them. Good question. I think it'll be witness by witness, but he's obviously top dog. And you might also have heard whisperings of some, you know, discontent in the office. Why did they bring in this guy? He, he, everyone, everyone agrees he's excellent. But it's, uh, you know, it, 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 it like, is what's wrong with us. Mo- what are we chopped liver? So yeah. there <laughs> so there is that flavor. But so coming to it, we've got a slog ahead of us, A.G., and there are going to be, you know, many witnesses and, and, and weeks of testimony and including a trial. So he'll have he'll have his part, the main part. But there'll be many um, witnesses that I think others will take. He'll probably take a really important witness here, I think, is going to be the the guy at Mazers who likely had much communication with Weisselberg. You know, when you put these um, these uh, accountants put stuff together, they're back and forth with the company. That strikes me as a really important witness that Pomerantz will take. There's going to probably have to be expert witnesses here on some of this stuff. And often that's farmed out to one particular person. But yeah, he's he's really leading the charge and I think will be expected to be that all the way through. Yeah. And I, I've been speculating personally that, you know, the documents that Vance went back up and down to the Supreme Court two year battle to get these Mazar's documents. I don't yep. think it was just for the tax returns. I think that there are some financial documents in there, perhaps a limited liability document that says, hey, we understand you want to deflate the value of Seven Springs Estates and and try to get a, a cons- conservation easement on it. Uh, that is against federal tax code. We do not recommend that. If we move forward with this, you have to sign here, l- releasing us from liability. 
something to that effect. Great point. And even before that, lots of emails back and forth. Do you are you really want to do this? Do you know about that? You know, it's that would probably be with Weisselberg, not with Trump himself. We know Trump doesn't email. Weisselberg would be the one to test. Weisselberg's the linchpin yeah. here. Mm-hmm. The reason I think that the that the person involved is Weisselberg is I do not see. Look, there could be a third person we just don't know anything about. But um, I just don't see how they get up to you know Trump, Trump Jr., Eric, or Ivanka without going through Weisselberg. He's going to be the critical connection to intent evidence. To because without him, they just say, oh, it's just you know Ivanka said in the uh, deposition in the in the civil case i you know she almost didn't know who he was oh, right, they're going to the say the Carl right they're going to say it was all the you know accountant etc i think you've got to go now from there you can go different ways but i think you have to go through him and they are putting on i mean they are playing super hardball right they're talking about his kids and stuff so that's why i think he really is the the very person that they're putting the screws to but that's just surmise on my part and i'm I'm wondering with all of the crimes that uh, Weisselberg potentially had a hand in here, mm-hmm. if the prosecutors would be able to let him off, give him immunity in, in exchange for his proffer uh, to go after the executives and Trump himself. Because, I mean, unless there's child sex trafficking or some heinous, you know, cr- crime yeah. that you can't let off the hook, and these are all financial tax fraud, business fraud crimes. He'd probably only end up with six months anyway. So, you know, uh, it's like, uh, well, you know, hey, immunity for your proffer, because he's the only one probably, I'm guessing, who can say, I directly told Trump it was illegal to take that conservation easement uh, deduction on Seven Springs for what I told him it was illegal to pay Ivanka $780,000 in consulting fees when she was an employee of the company. I and he that would be what his testimony yep. is that and, and we would have to be able to rely on his testimony because there likely likely isn't any documentary evidence of it or some but it'll be hard so I totally agree and it's a really high stakes you know game of Russian roulette he's saying you can't get there without me and I want full immunity which they can they can give him or they I'd could give okay him a big it. reduction but okay there you go <laughs> but they might say no with all we have on you well you know but that's the kind of of negotiations uh, will have because on the other side, what they're saying to him is, look, if if you force us to, we're going to indict you. And, and, you know, that, so then you're going to take, uh, you know, all the, all the heat, and then you'll be in the posture of trying to reduce your sentence. So that's the, there's, you know, who's going to blink, but I think you're right at the end of the day, if he, if they were persuaded, he could give them the former president of the United States, something that's never, you know, happened. Uh, and uh, in return for immunity, they would mm-hmm. they would give it. Of course, that gives them more worries at trial about impeachment, et cetera. But that's always going to be the case if he's cooperating. But yeah. they'll be say, so you get to walk out of here, Mr. Weisselberg, don't you? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, we have to remember, too. I, I, I doubt this is the case, but Weisselberg could be the top target here. Right. And they might just be trying to get Weisselberg in the Trump found uh, Trump organization. and. If they can somehow pin pin the rest of the executives down, they'll do it. But, you know, who knows? Who really knows? But it is possible. It's a very good point. I think we'll know if Weisselberg's cooperating. Yeah. If, but if he doesn't, I'd be like, hmm, maybe he's the target here. It's going to be interesting to find out. We've never had it. We've never indicted a past president in this right. country before, right. uh, state or federal. You know, if you shoot the king. And of course, we have some problems here already because of, you know, Letitia James really 
is subject to the charge. Uh, you know, even a broken clock works twice a day. Trump can actually say with some accuracy, you know, she's been going after me. And, uh, you know, she made some untoward comments on the campaign trail, et cetera. So you can imagine, I mean, you, you and you and I might think we should have such problems, but you can imagine a prosecution going forward and there being real question about whether it's accepted by the, the by the nation. But hopefully that would have a lot to do with, hopefully it hasn't been borne out necessarily to date, but it would have to do with the quality of the evidence if they have them really, really strongly. And just one last point, I can see what them stopping with Weisselberg, but they are putting all this pressure on him now when they could just be bringing the charges. So yeah, exactly. obviously they're, yeah. <laughs> they, I, they have so, all the, the, the Mazars documentation, yeah. the tax returns, yeah. they have all have his signature yeah. on them. We already know he has sent money to pay his grandchildren's tuition as, yeah. and as a tax shield, that's against the law. We already know that there, that there are indictable crimes against Weisselberg. And yeah, I, 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 I'm with you. I think they would have brought those. If he were the target, they would have indicted him and continued the investigation and perhaps superseded it later on. Right. Yeah. But of course, just as you say, they're working backwards. Vance, if there's going to be an indictment of the president or anybody with the last name Trump, he wants to make that decision. You know, if there's a trial of Weisselberg, that eats up all it's it's it gets to be pretty precarious to think he'll be in office still when the decision is made. So, oh, Vance. Yeah. Well, well, I think that's why this is going. It's such a and, and yeah, people that, think that's this is right. slow, but I think that's why it's going at such a breakneck pace. Exactly right. And this special grand jury three days away is fast. And yeah, I think you can really you can see this basically Something's going to give, I think, within a few weeks yeah. with what, you know, it's got to go one way or another with Weisselberg. Yeah. And then then the die is sort of cast going forward. Yeah, because he, you know, Vance told uh, reporters that he or he told people inside his office who then told reporters yeah. and spoke on the condition of anonymity <laughs> that he, he planned on making a charging decision before he yeah. left. That's that's January yeah. 1st um, election in November for new D.A. So. Go Eliza Orleans. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we will talk soon. It was. It's been I have great. no comment on that editorial <laughs> remark. It's been great talking to you. And likewise, uh, and everybody see in, see around the neighborhood. Right, exactly. And everybody, please listen to Talking Feds. It's an incredible podcast. Your guests, your guest list is just stellar. Yeah, we've been really lucky lately. Yeah, uh, but and also the whole AG network, a network. <laughs> All right. All right. See you later. All right, everybody. Thank you again, Harry Littman. We'll talk soon. Thank you, AG. Good to talk to you. And everybody will be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody. It's Allison Gill. And the following segment of The Beans is brought to you by the geniuses at Policy Genius. Summer is almost upon us and we should be able to enjoy it without looming to-do lists and things hanging over our heads like we still need to get life insurance. And Policy Genius makes it easy to get life insurance done and done right. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare quotes from over a dozen top insurers all in one place. You can save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. That's like $1,300 or more per year in life insurance savings by using Policy Genius to compare prices. The licensed experts at Policy Genius work for you, not the insurance companies, so they're not all hassly and pushy. You can trust them to help you navigate every step of the shopping and buying process. That kind of service has earned Policy Genius a five star rating across thousands of reviews on Trustpilot and Google. Getting started is easy. Just head to policygenius.com, and in minutes, you can work out how much life insurance coverage you need and compare personalized quotes to find your best price. It's so easy to use and so user-friendly. When you're ready to apply, the Policy Genius team does all the legwork. They handle all the paperwork and scheduling, and they do it for free. Policy Genius never sells your information to other companies, and they never add extra fees. So head to policygenius.com and get started right now. 
Policy Genius. When it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. And today's show is also brought to you by American Giant. I absolutely love American Giant. If you look back into the craftsmanship of the past, you will see it wasn't always the way that it is now. Clothes mass produced. They end up in landfills. It's not sustainable and it's not tenable. Baird Winthrop, the CEO and founder of American Giant, grew up with a sweatshirt from the 50s that his father gave him. And it's still in his closet today and it looks better than ever. And with that sweatshirt in mind, American Giant launched with the classic full zip hoodie as their flagship product. And it is amazing. It's the greatest hoodie ever made, according to Slate magazine. The classic full zip hoodie, they say, but there really is no comparison between American Giant's hoodie and the competition. It looks better, feels substantially more durable. When you wear this hoodie, you'll wonder why all clothes aren't made this well. And I have to agree. I have one. It's incredible. It's my favorite hoodie. It's got side panels and then extra stuff in the elbows for durability. And it's got the metal tips on the ends of the stringy things in the hoodie and this metal zipper. It is so well made. I'm obsessed with it. They even brought in a former Apple industrial designer to put it together. It's built with custom developed heavyweight cotton fleece made with locally grown cotton, reinforced elbows, durable double lined hood, and of course the metal hardware I mentioned, which I love. It's 100% American made from the cotton to the zippers. When I first tried it, seriously, best hoodie ever made. I have to agree. So it is the greatest hoodie. Get your classic full zip hoodie at American-Giant.com today. Use promo code DAILYBEANS, all one word, for 15% off your order. That's 15% off your first order when you use code DAILYBEANS at American-Giant.com. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. And Dana, you are able to join us for the good news today. You couldn't be here for the earlier part of the show, but I am glad that you are with us. I am glad that you let me join for the parts that I can. Mm. Yeah, I let you do the good stuff because I love the good news segment and it's Thursday and that's awesome. So it's almost the weekend, almost Memorial Day weekend. So we're going to go ahead and kick this off with a correction from Mary Beth, pronouns she and her. And Mary Beth says, thanks for keeping me informed. I've relied on you for accurate information and analysis since the kitchen days. Yesterday, Dana referenced race theory and said, I won't call it race theory because we know it's not a theory. There are a lot of provable facts in there. Well, actually, it is a theory. She was confusing a hypothesis, which is a tentative explanation that has not yet been backed up with facts, with a theory which relies on tested and verified data and is generally accepted as true. Someone pointed this out elsewhere, I think. It is an important clarification we need to keep straight. I'm so appreciative that we can all learn together. Thank you for all you do to keep us informed. Now, Mary Beth, I think what happened is I remember the correction of the correction, but I think that came on a Friday when Dana wasn't here. And so, <laughs> so I missed the correction of the correction. But now that I have it and I understand what you're saying, it, I will call it what it is called. That is the fact of the name. And I will make sure that I stay consistent with that. So thank you for that. But now that I have the correction of the correction of the correction that was given to me, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on board now. I'm correct. And I'm sure we'll get another correction. But sure. it is called critical race theory. I had a whole show with uh, sorry, Beth Rosenberg yep. about it. And we talked about her because she teaches critical race theory. And I believe the person who corrected the correction said, hey, it's like the theory of evolution, right? It's backed up by scientific data. And so, uh, yeah, you were just not here that day. This is why I can't miss episodes because I get scolded. I can't miss episodes. <laughs> But I can read the next good story. So we will go on and continue. This one's from Amy, pronouns she and her. Hello, keepers and disseminators of the beans. Good news. Such good news. In 13 days, our youngest kid graduates from high school. 15 months of remote learning, four Miss Theater productions, countless Miss Band and drumline performances, and so much anxiety and frustration. But you know what's so good? For several years... 
He has been planning to wear a gown to prom. Prom didn't happen here, but darn it, my baby wanted to wear a prom dress, so he was going to get to wear a prom dress. He wasn't the only one in the group wishing for prom, so the parents of eight spectacular kids got together through a formal, not prom dinner, for them last weekend. The best part, by far, was the personality these kids presented in their attire and the support and love they have for one another. Leave it to a group of theater kids to stand out, be completely authentic. Ours wasn't the only group gathered on the waterfront for, quote, prom photos that evening, but it was the group that stood out for brilliantly originality. And our son shone, thanks to a dear friend who altered and embellished the gown, and to the parents who put the small event together, my baby, I'm going to cry. Gosh, damn it. Okay. (laughs) Okay, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Okay, I'm good. Uh, My baby had his first prom night, and he looked beautiful. Thank you, Beans team, for embracing everyone, for representing love and truth. You are a necessary part of my daily routine, and I appreciate you. P.S. Pod pet tax included. You're welcome to play What the Mutt, but I don't have any answers for you. Our Maisie is listed as a terrier mix on our vet paperwork. Look at her son looking stunning in this purple gown. Oh, my God. And the corsage. What a beautiful human. Now look at the tool. Look at the tool peeking out of the bottom. Ooh, that got me. Oh. Uh, on the dog, I would say cherry, terrier chihuahua. Yeah, Jack Russell. Just Russell, uh, yeah. I'm still looking at this gorgeous I gown. I know. Oh, thank you for being such an incredible mother and just having this community to, to support him and all of his authenticity, no matter... Uh, uh, I just thank you. That got me. Woo. God, I love theater kids. Mm. Uh, okay. And the purple. It's just gorgeous. Oh my gosh. Okay. Recovery. Recovery moment. And then on to the next. I'm not crying. You're crying. Okay. We're both crying. Let's move There's on. Something in my eye. <laughs> <sighs> from anonymous pronouns he and him one of the things that worried me about getting older than 40 was becoming lactose intolerant yep 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 i've heard that could be an issue yep yep uh, i've had some pasta with creamy sauce a couple weeks ago and had some bubbling guts for about a day i was so uncomfortable i swore off dairy i was very sad at the prospect of never eating ice cream my vegan partner was very happy <laughs> she was particularly <laughs> jubilant that i wasn't very good and wasn't very good at consoling me <laughs> I wasn't really ready to say goodbye to dairy, though. So I went to the store late the other night. I washed the brownies I bought down with a chocolate milk and went to bed. Good news. I slept great and didn't shit the bed. Cheers to still being <laughs> lactose tolerant. <laughs> Thank you. It must have been the gluten in the pasta. Oh, That's my God. Uh, could you imagine? Yeah, you don't. You have celiacs, unfortunately, but you're not lactose intolerant. Uh, uh, I'm sure you're fine. Maybe you just had a bad belly. I wish there was such a thing as hyper tolerance right? to lactose. Like I would, would just eat cheese oh, and ice cream all day. be the best. Ah, <laughs> oh, good times. Oh man, this next one's from Elise, pronouns she and her. Here's my happy place. This is my front yard. I'm brand new to having a yard. Is this a normal amount of roses for rose bushes to have? <laughs> Seeing and smelling no. them makes me very happy when I come home from work. That is a tremendous Holy amount of roses, shit. Elise. That's a lot. And I just have, now I have... Alice in Wonderland in my home. Painting the roses red. Painting the roses what red. What a funny way to ask that. Is this a normal amount of roses for a rose no. bush to have? 
No, I've got a bunch of neighbors with like rose gardens out front. And this is like triple the amount of roses. That is incredible. Enjoy. It's beautiful. Yes. Enjoy your cornucopia of roses. That's probably not the right word. Just enjoy your plethora of roses. I like it. Jefe, do you know what a plethora is? <laughs> Why don't you read the next one too? Because that was short. You got it. This one's from David. Hey, Queens of the Beans. Thank you so much for straightening out the daily news and making sense of this mess. I have a misquoted lyric for you. I was but a tyke when Tie a Yellow Ribbon came out. Every time it's played on the radio, I was certain the lyrics were High Yellow River Round the Oak Tree. <laughs> round the old oak tree. I never sang them out loud, but I still remember the look on my dad's face when I asked him why everyone was peeing on the tree. <laughs> 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 After a substantial pause and look of astonishment, he finally managed to ask, what? To which I replied, well, where does the high yellow river come from if it's not from people peeing on the tree? I'm not sure I'd ever heard him laugh that hard before or since. Thanks again for everything. Hilarious. Why are they peeing on the tree? <laughs> for my pod pet tax, I'm including how it started and how it's going picks. This is Sherman. Not a COVID adoption, although we did get him last August. It just took two years for my son to finally settle on what kind of pet he wanted. After nine months, he and the finicky cat are finally getting along, or at least have come to a truce. His nickname is Gladys McLegginston. Gladys, after Gladys Kravitz, and Bewitched, the nosy neighbor always peeking out her window, and McLegginston's, because, well, I'm sure you can see. They told me he was hound mix, but I don't know. Looks more like a pointer to me. Let me know what you think. Oh, oh my oh. goodness. Oh I actually my. think that dog has some pit in it. And I say that with love because I love pities, but that is a very broad, muscular dog, even as a puppy. And it's kind of got a, like a mastiff head. Yeah. Almost. Like I, if you look at the puppy picture and I'm thinking of, you know, at the end of Turner and Hooch, cry. Totally. When he gets the new puppy, the new, the new Hooch, it does that look at him after he breaks out of the yeah. pantry. Oh my God. This is such a cute dog. Yeah, this is an adorable. Now, you know what, Dana? I was reminded of a misheard lyric from my childhood yesterday because it, the song came on the radio and I'd completely forgotten about it. Do you remember Frankie Goes to Hollywood? Yeah. Relax. And I think it was one of, it used in Zoolander. And it's a weird song already. I still don't even understand it, but it says relax, go to it when you want to sock it to it. And sock it to it doesn't, make sense because if you're relaxing why would you sock it to it uh but anyway true uh, <laughs> i thought they said relax go to it when you want to go through it relax don't do it when you want to come relax go through it when you want to suck or chew it oh that's what i thought that's what well, i thought they said there you go and i'm like well what's this about frankie and what does it mean to go to hollywood anyway interesting misheard lyric i think i thought the lyrics were relax don't do it no that's not what i but relax <laughs> go to it yeah. When you want to go I'm sure to that's it. what I thought it was. Go I don't it. even know. Yeah. I don't even really know. When you want to come. When you want to come. Yeah, it's just um, suck it to it. What a weird lyric. Okay. Anyway, finally, <laughs> from Arthur, <laughs> uh, pronouns he and him. This isn't really a misheard lyric, but it's one that confuses me. The song I Invented Sex by Trey Songs is confusing. <laughs> <laughs> He sings, girl, you're going to think I invented sex. Is that supposed to impress her? I'm probably overthinking this, but isn't it rare that the inventor of something has the best version of that thing? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> right, like that's the alpha, uh, 1.0. Oh, that's funny. 
I mean, the Wright brothers invented a passenger motorized flight, but it was very uncomfortable and didn't last very long. So when they say he's going to think he invented sex, she's going to think he invented sex. I'm not saying she's going to be surprised at what he does because she could also look forward to the time when people iterate on his invention and make it much, much better. Anyway, it's fair. Thank you for not inventing the Daily News podcast and instead more or less perfecting it. Oh, what a great way to end this segment. That's a really interesting point. You're going to think I invented sex. Yeah. Somebody wrote a book, Dana. And every time I walk by this book, it's in the self-help section and it's called Have Sex Like You Just Met. And I think it's supposed to be about how to re-spark or rekindle yeah. stuff in the bedroom for people who've been together for a really long time. So pretend like you just met again and then the sex will be great. But the way I read it was have sex with strangers all the time and it'll always be great. <laughs> I mean, you don't know. Did you open the book? It could be. Have sex like you just met. Like, oh, hello. Nice to meet you. Uh... <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is really funny. What a great example, too, in this submission of the Wright brothers being like, look at my propeller plane. And this guy's like, look at my 747. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like nice plane. <laughs> yes. we've, we've actually made it better since then. His sex is like the first light bulb. And, you know, you could have a Tesla. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for your submissions. If you have anything you want to hand in, tomorrow's Friday, Amy Carrero will be here and we will have Amy's court. So if you have any disputes you need settled, even if it's a dispute with your cat. I mean, you might as well. You know, I have many of those on a daily basis. But send it all in to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. I believe you can also upload photos and for pet tax and stuff like that. But what great submissions we had today. No crying. No crying at all. Um, I ran the gamut of emotions during the good news <sighs> block this time. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's why I love it. And um, do you have any any final thoughts before we get out of here today? No, just wishing everyone a great rest of the week. I will miss you. I'll be back in your ears Monday morning. Awesome. Actually, I think if you're a patron, won't we see you Friday? Ooh, I'll see you Friday. Yeah. Yep. Patrons, I'll see you Friday. So if you're not a patron between now and then and you want to see me, you might as well just sign up. It's worth 36 bucks. Three bucks. Yeah, three bucks a month. And there might be some available donated year long memberships. You can do that if you have 36 bucks and you want to buy a membership for somebody who can't swing it. You buy a full year of access to the content and ad free episodes, early episodes for someone who can't swing it. So that's really awesome. And we've had hundreds, hundreds. It's amazing. This community is incredible. I love you guys so much. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of your mental health and take care of the planet. I've been AG. And I've been Dana Goldberg. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm Allison Gill. And I've been DG. (laughs) And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for the Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com.